A dog barks when his master is attacked. I would be a coward if I saw that God's truth is attacked and yet would remain silent. John Calvin. No, I do not. And don't you ever say I did. This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. There's probably a, a balance between, I believe you have to know Christ, but I think no. He is. And someone knows this for sure. All of mankind is going to end up somewhere in heaven. My mission really is to just help people of faith, especially, to re-examine this issue, to realize the church has got things wrong in the past. For those who are God by faith in His Son. Corinthians, right? 2 Corinthians 3.17, that's the whole... Victory in the name which is above every name. No exception for rape or incest. Uh, it's an extreme... Right now, bones, ligaments, tendons, in Jesus' name, get out here right now. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Master's Dog, episode 98. I'm your host, Norm, the Master's Dog Dunham, aka the Evangelical Norm. So the Master's Dog is a podcast where I deal with false teachers, false doctrines, anything that really comes against the truth of God's word, like the quote at the beginning of the intro video says, uh, when God's truth is attacked, I bark. I refuse to remain silent while there are people out there who are literally attacking the truth of what God has revealed to us in his word. So uh, that's the premise of the, the podcast. It started out as faith and beliefs refuted. So the Saints Unscripted, formerly known as Three Mormons Podcast, started a segment of their podcast called Faith and Beliefs, where they were dealing with issues of Mormon doctrine. They got kind of into the weeds on some other things, but for the most part, they dealt with a lot of doctrine and history and stuff like that. So I had committed to responding to every one of those videos that they made. Uh, and so I called the, the podcast Faith and Beliefs Refuted. Later on, I decided I really wanted to expand to deal with other false teachers, pseudo-Christian cults, guys like Joel Osteen, who claim to be Christian but are not, 
And so that's when the master's dog was born out of that desire to deal with all kinds of false teachings and false doctrines. So today we are back to our roots of the the podcast uh, dealing with David Snell from the Saints Unscripted Faith, Faith and Belief segment of their podcast. And today what he's talking about, so over the last couple of months, there's been a lot of things that have just kind of been, eh, you know, it's not really that big of a deal. It's it's weird Mormon teachings or histories or stuff like that that, that really have no bearing on the way we evangelize or the way we do apologetics towards Mormonism. A lot of those things just really had no point that they talked about. But today there's a there is a lot of significance in this topic. And I thought we, I thought I had addressed this before. I think I just bring it up quite a bit as I respond to different videos and so on. But here we are directly dealing with the question of are Satan and Jesus brothers? Are, are, is Jesus and Lucifer, are they both brothers? How are, how are they related? What is the relationship between Christ and essentially the rest of creation? Because that's, that's the key element. Um, one of the key elements in determining whether or not Mormons and Christians worship the same God. And so I'm going to go ahead and we're going to jump in. We're going to let David do his thing and, and talk his talk. And as usual, we're just going to jump in and, uh, you know, silence him and, and respond to the things that he says as needed. So, um, and I apologize. I've got noises coming from above me, so I hope they're not bleeding over too much. But uh, it is what it is when you've got a four-year-old and a two-year-old upstairs while you're recording podcasts. So if you hear strange uh, scraping and bumping and bangs and bumps, that's just uh, children uh, destroying my upstairs of my house. So uh, here is David Snell from Saints Unscripted. Hey guys, so Latter-day Saints believe that all of the spirit children of God, you, me, and billions of others, are all spirit brothers and sisters. We believe that Jesus Christ, who is perfect and a divine member of the Godhead, is also one of the Father's children. We also believe that Satan is technically a rebellious spirit child of God, a fallen angel, if you will. Thus, you could say that among our billions of spirit siblings, even Jesus and Satan are spirit brothers. Okay, we can stop right here. We could literally not go any further because this, we have now established, thank you, David, that Christianity worships a different Jesus than Mormonism. The Mormons and the Christians, the Latter-day Saints and the mainstream Christians, Orthodox Christians, however you want to determine it, uh, worship different deities. We have a different Christ than you do. We have a different God than you do. Uh, and, I mean, we, I mean, it is point blank here. And so we're going to go, I'm going to take you to John chapter 1. And we are going to look at how Jesus is revealed in the word of who he is. So in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the light was the light, light and, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God, his name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light, 
that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness of the light. The true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believe in his name, he gave the right to become, this is key, children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Okay, so we're going we're gonna to go just to there. So we know that the word is Christ. The logos, the word, his, as Paul is talking here, or as Paul, John is talking here, is Jesus. Jesus is the word. Because he makes it clear, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. He was the light. It determines that, that John the Baptist is not the light, but came to witness of the light. All the things that John gives us here in John chapter 1 indicate who Jesus is. And he is not a created being. He is not a, a begotten in, in the sense that the Mormons believe he was begotten. He is, was, is with God from the beginning. He is God. Now again, here we get into the Trinity and finite human minds don't comprehend how the Trinity works. This is why Joseph Smith came up with this cockamamie story about God having a spirit wife or multiple spirit wives and having spirit children and Jesus and Lucifer have got to be brothers and blah, 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 along with the rest of us. I mean, John makes it very clear that in believing in Christ, we get the, we have the right to become children of God. Become. John makes it very clear. He says we become children of God, which means we were not children of God before we became children of God. Does that make sense? So we are God's creation. Everybody is God's creation. And John makes it very clear that nothing was made that wasn't made by Jesus, the word. So again, Lucifer is made. Lucifer is made by Christ. Jesus the, the Jesus that we believe in that is revealed in the Bible is the creator of Lucifer and every other spirit in the world who has lived, will live, has lived, is living, made by Jesus. There's nothing made that was not made by him. There's nothing made that without him was not made. And however John makes that, I mean, it's a lot of um, interesting ways that he says it, but. Does that, can we comprehend that? Bible-believing Christians, John chapter 1, believing Christians believe that Jesus is God. Not created, co-eternal, been, always been here, did not come from any kind of union between God and anything else, is not begotten in the sense that he didn't exist and then exists. Mormons believe that there was once a point in time where Jesus did not exist, then he existed. And they'll come up with all kinds of cockamamie stories to tell you about. Well, we all always existed eternally. We're all eternal. We were all intelligences that were floating around. And then, then God figured out a way to form them and, and or one of the gods. And then da, 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 the eternal progression began at this point when whatever God be, figured out how to form a physical body and then gave intelligence as physical bodies and so on. 
Well, how did an intelligence that's floating around suddenly get into the spirit bodies of these people? Again, if we're understanding the way the concept is believed that that God has a, a spirit wife, a heavenly mother, and that as Brigham Young talked about, that they had their spirit children the same way that human beings have children and so on. So we have to think that there is sex going on in heaven, that God is having sex with spiritual wives and having spiritual babies, and they're sent, being sent down into the bodies of babies as they are being uh, you know, forming in their mother's womb. Okay, this is what Mormons believe. This is more, I mean, we're, we're laying it out essentially. It's not going into those depths and those details. But this is ultimately what, he, what the Mormons believe. And that definitely divides, places a dividing line between what the Mormons recognize as Jesus and what Christians recognize as Jesus. And Jesus himself said there will be false Christs. So you don't get to fall back on, well, his name is Jesus and da-da-da-da. We just understand him differently. No. Jesus said there will be false Christs. So either the, the Bible-believing Jesus is the one that is real or the Mormon presentation of Jesus is the one that is real. But they can't both be real. as just a misunderstanding because Jesus said there will be false Christs. They're going to be counterfeits of him. The Mormon Jesus is one of them. Let's let him carry on. In the Latter-day Saint belief system, this association between Christ and Lucifer isn't much more than a footnote. But to a lot of Christians, it's a huge deal. How can it not be a huge deal? Literally, you are you are deciding you are are. What word am I, why do I get to the point where I just cannot think of the words that I want to use? You are making a distinction between two different Christs. One who is created, one who is creator. One who is eternal, one who had a beginning. It is a huge deal. Because it ultimately comes down to the, the, the reality of we have different deities apparently it's a big deal people are calling it the crime of the century and stuff like that on one popular christian website this belief was even cited as supporting evidence for why latter-day saints will probably be cast into the lake of fire and have no hope of salvation the reason why that statement would be made is that if you're following after a false christ There's no salvation. There is no salvation in following after a counterfeit. There's no salvation in the the Christ of Mormonism because he doesn't exist. He's an idol. He's the God. uh, He's Baal that Elijah was was taunting on on, on Mount Carmel when the prophets of Baal were there. And he was saying, where's your God? Is he in the bathroom? Is he asleep? Is he this? We can literally taunt the Mormon Jesus and the Mormon God because they do not exist. They are idols. They are false gods. And there's no salvation in them. So on that note, let's talk about this belief, give it some context, and see if we can learn something along the way. 
because we didn't even get out of his introduction yet. As we've talked about in these videos, which you should go watch if you haven't yet, Latter-day Saints believe that before this life, we all lived with God the Father as his spirit children. It's the great before. We believe that while Christ's and everyone's being is eternal, he was the first to be organized with a spirit body by heavenly parents. God's firstborn spirit son and God's only son be- The first to be organized with a spirit body by heavenly parents. I think what he's trying to say there is God and his spirit wife had sex and she got pregnant with Jesus. Is there, is there another interpretation of what he just said? Begotten in the flesh. Christ is our perfect savior and redeemer, a member of the Godhead. But in a strictly spirit family sense, we also consider Christ to be our elder spirit brother. Latter-day Saints believe that before this life, our Heavenly Father presented us, his spirit children, with his plan of salvation. The plan would involve coming to earth, receiving a physical body, choosing between good and evil, and ultimately returning to live with God again at the end of it all. But the thing about freedom of choice is that mistakes would be made and sins would be committed. So our Heavenly Father explained that a Savior would be needed. There were two volunteers, and one answered like unto the Son of Man, Here am I, send me. Father, thy will be done, and the glory be thine forever. The other said, Behold, here am I, send me. I will be thy son, and I will redeem all mankind, that one soul shall not be lost, and surely I will do it, therefore give me thine honor. The one who was chosen was our elder brother, Jesus Christ. The one who was not chosen was, of course, another spirit brother of ours by the name of Lucifer. Lucifer wasn't a fan of God's plan because giving people their freedom to choose implies that there are going to be some who choose not to follow God's plan. Lucifer's counterproposal was to remove that freedom of choice, guarantee eternal life for all of humanity, and usurp the throne of God in the process. I will be king. It was a flawed plan and... Sounds a whole lot like what Joseph Smith said in the King Follett discourse, that, that God would move on to somewhere and he would exalt himself to God's throne. Just, just a side note. Was never a real option, but Lucifer didn't back down. Our scriptures describe him as an angel of God who was in authority in the presence of God, who rebelled against the only begotten Son. In fact, he convinced many of our other spirit brothers and sisters to rebel as well. Wherefore, because that Satan rebelled against me and sought to destroy the agency of man, which I, the Lord God, had given him, and also that I should give unto him mine own power, I caused that he should be cast down, and he became Satan, yea, even the devil, the father of all lies, to deceive and to blind men, and to lead them captive at his will, even as many as would not hearken unto my voice. Referring to Luke 10, 18, the early Christian father Origen taught that Jesus compares Satan to lightning and says that he fell from heaven, that he might show by this that he had been at one time in heaven and had had a place among the saints and had enjoyed a share in that light in which all the saints participate, by which they are made angels of light. Satan and his fellow fallen angels are still rebelling against God to this day. Okay, so now we got to make another distinction because we're making, now we have to make the distinction between human beings and angels. Because again, Mormons don't make this distinction. They think that, you know, humans become angels and angels become humans and they're, they're interchangeable and so on. But the Bible tells us that God made us, made humans a little lower than the angels. We are different species, for lack of a better term. We are, humans are not angels. Humans don't become angels. We don't, nowhere do we see anything where humans become angels. 
biblically. Nowhere. Let me repeat that. Nowhere in the Bible do we see that humans become angels. We see one place where Jesus talks about in the resurrection that we will be like the angels, neither given or being neither marrying nor given in marriage. That's also a contradicts Mormon theology that says we continue on in marriage in, in the afterlife, which Jesus says, no, we don't. But it doesn't say we become angels. We are like them where we don't marry. All angels are male, scripturally. So there is no marriage among the male angels because that would be a sin. And so... We do not become angels, but we become like them because we are no longer married or given in marriage. There's no longer any reproduction or any of those things that happen in heaven. We, I mean, I'll still understand and recognize that my wife is my wife, but we won't have the same marital relationship that we have now. I'll still know that my daughter and my family and so on are my family. We just won't have the same familial relationship we have now. It's going to be a different thing for those who do go to heaven and those who don't. But again, the reality is, is, is all the angels are created beings and they were all created, as John 1 says, by Christ. Tempting you and I to disobey God's commandments at every turn. He's trying to lead you down the path of righteousness. I'm gonna lead you down the path that rocks. Anyway, back to the original question. Are Satan and Jesus brothers? In the sense that Jesus, Lucifer, you, me, and billions of others are spirit children of God? Yes. You are my brother, Anakin. That should be the end of it. I mean, th there's there's no more way to to twist or jump through and do your theological acrobatics once you've made that statement. I mean, you believe that every spirit that has ever existed came from a sexual union or some kind of, of creative union between God and a spirit wife, if not many spirit wives. That's the belief that they came into existence, that they had a, whether it's a, a sexual union or what. There was a creative union between God and a female spirit causing that, that female spirit to become pregnant with a, a spirit and all of them that are born that are waiting in heaven to come to earth to have a body and blah, blah, blah are all brothers and sisters or half brothers and sisters, all children of the LDS Elohim and either one unnamed, unknown spiritual wife, heavenly mother or a multitude of them. But again, the, the question has been answered. There, I mean, there, the politician's answer is, is, is pointless at this point because you've already answered the question. And by saying that Christ in any sense is Lucifer's brother, you take away the fact that Christ is Lucifer's creator and you now have created for yourself, you fashion for yourself a false Christ. You fashion for yourself a false god that does not have the power to save, that does not have the power to do anything because he's not real. He's a figment of Joseph Smith and potentially other prophets who came after him, collaborative imaginations. 
But for Latter-day Saints, this association really has no impact on our view of Christ's divinity or on our view of Satan's crappiness. In our mind, the association there makes Satan no better than the snake that he is, and it makes Christ nothing less than the perfect divine member of the Godhead that he is. But it does make him less than Satan's creator. And th thus he's not the creator of everything, and thus as Paul says, or as Paul, I keep saying Paul, as John says, all things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. That includes Satan. That includes all of the angels that fell, that became demons. That includes every angel, every star, every quasar, every sun, every planet, every moon, every atom within your body. All those things were made by Christ. Nothing that was, and, and without him was not anything made that was made. By making Jesus Lucifer's brother, you take that creator God out away from him. And you do make him less than what the Bible says that he is, which is in the incarnate God. Emmanuel, God with us. You, you absolutely make him less. And in a sense, you absolutely elevate Satan to a, a level that he doesn't belong. We don't believe this association elevates Satan in any way, nor does it denigrate Christ in any way. So we've all got that shared spirit family association there, and that's relevant and important. But sometimes we tend to emphasize that association so much that we miss out on some of the rich meaning that comes from some other really important relationships. For example, even though Christ is technically our spirit brother, the Book of Mormon explains how, as we accept Christ and his gospel, he becomes our covenant father. And now because of the covenant which ye have made, ye shall be called the children of Christ, his sons and his daughters. For behold, this day he hath spiritually begotten you. For ye say that your hearts are changed through faith on his name. Therefore ye are born of him, and have become his sons and his daughters. And under this head ye are made free, and there is no other head whereby ye can be made free. There is no other name given whereby salvation cometh. But when you take Christ and you make him less than God, you take all that away. Because again, John says it's by him that we have, we become children of God. And again, Christ, second person of the Trinity, you've got, you've got to come, I mean, are we Elohim's children or Christ's children? Because Mormons, you don't believe he's the same. You don't believe he's, he, they are one. They're Elohim and Jehovah. And then you've got the Holy Spirit that doesn't have a name that's over here, just like something hanging out as the Godhead that doesn't even really need to be there in Mormonism. But, but biblically, we have the triune God. We have the three in one. And so it makes more sense that we are adopted in that sense by God, triune God, as opposed to like having three different fathers or something. In Matthew 12, Christ talks about family in a way that surpasses a mere parent-child association. For whosoever shall do the will of my Father which is in heaven, the same is my brother and sister and mother. In these senses... 
Okay. Now that is taken out of context because he's not just saying that all these people are my brothers and, and, and acknowledging or uh, affirming Mormon doctrine. He's answering a question of the people who said, Hey, your brothers in these, cause they came, his brothers, James, uh, you know, Jude, um, whoever else, however many brothers and sisters he had. I don't know how we don't know. We know that they had two, at least two more, uh, Mary and Joseph, they had James and they had, had Jude. So, but they came looking for him and someone came in and said, Hey, Jesus, your, your, your brothers are out here looking for you. And Jesus made a, a comment again, that he wasn't going to be interrupted in his ministry and what he was called to do by these familial relationships. And that's when he said, whoever does his will of my father is my brother and is my sister and, and so on. So well done on ripping that verse out of context to try to twist it into get your shove your, your square peg into your round hole of Mormon doctrine and taking the, the square peg of, of Christian theology and trying to just cram it in there. Satan is the furthest thing from a brother to Christ. Now, there's a lot more to be said on this subject. This idea that Christ is a spirit son of God the Father opens up a whole can of theological worms having to do with Trinitarianism and creator versus creation, stuff that hopefully we'll get around to another time. But in the meantime, I hope this gives you some food for thought. Check out the resources in the YouTube description for more info, and have a great day. All right, so there you go. And literally, I mean, he just said it. it. It does open up all these other cans of worms. And there's no way you can, um, you can reconcile them. Everything that comes from that doctrine, that Jesus is a spirit son of Elohim, two separate, completely separate beings, and that Jesus is a, a somehow created son, again, whether it's a sexual creation or some other mystical way that, that God, Elohim, and a spirit wife uh, came to have this spirit child, you, there's no way to reconcile that with, with the Trinity, with what the Bible talks about Jesus, with the creatorship of Jesus. Any of those things, you cannot reconcile them because either the Bible is wrong or Mormon doctrine is wrong. They can't both be right because they are, are mutually exclusive and they have completely contradictory truth claims. And so this is why we will say with, with, with emphasis, with emphasis, that Mormons are not Christian. And that my Mormon friend, if you are believing this doctrine, you have got to get out of it. You have got to walk away from it because it is leading you on the road to destruction. It is leading you down the path to hell. But if you will turn from that, if you will look to what the word says about Jesus, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God and the word was made flesh to dwell among us. That all things were created by him. That without him there was not anything that was not created. That, that he was the light and that he came into the world to, to expose everything from the darkness. That he is God incarnate, God in flesh, Emmanuel, God with us. Who went to the cross to pay the penalty for your sin. 
so that if you will repent and believe in him, repenting and believing in the, in the, the created spirit son of Elohim, Jehovah, uh, this fabricated Jesus, this false Christ, cannot bring you to salvation. And where the Mormons would teach you that everybody gets to go to one level of heaven or another, the Bible would teach you that those who follow after this false Christ are destined for hell and will be cast into the lake of fire. There's no way around it. And my desire for you and the reason why I do these videos week after week after week is I want you to turn from the false teachings of Mormonism to turn to the true teachings of the biblical Jesus Christ and repent and put your trust in him and receive the assurance of salvation that only he can give you. And for my Christian friend, the ongoing encouragement to preach the gospel at all times and use words because they're absolutely necessary. And until next week, Soli Deo Gloria.